Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, questions, possibilities, philosophical quandaries, uncovering dissonance, and a whole lot more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it might be to be enlightened. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves, an hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour where we strive to evaluate knowledge as inseparable from the total experience of reality. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right. Each week, I read a few of your letters as our way of paying respect to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and improve it in every way. Last week, our guests were Dr. Karen Can and David Schmidt, and our discussion was all about uh, exciting bodily processes by using light waves or frequencies to heal. Richard wrote, that was so interesting. Finally, I get to hear some science on the whole body energy field thing. I'd so rather get healed by directly affecting cellular response than through drug intervention. First time listening to the show? Very cool. I so very appreciate Eldon's probing intellectual approach, not accepting ideas casually or in an intellectually lazy way. I love it. Well, thanks, Richard, and we'll try to keep it honest. Kevin commented, We can always count on Eldon to ask the tough questions. That's why I invest the hour to be here. Thank you, Kevin, and we're glad to have you. Phyllis wrote, just over three years ago, I started a spiritual personal growth book club. And one of the books we covered was your book on mind programming. It made for a very lively discussion. I enjoyed the CD serenity that came with the book as well. I am just listening to your radio show with Karen Can and David Schmidt. I've been using these patches as a health practitioner and for myself and family with great results. Well, thanks for the feedback, Phyllis. And my book, Mind Programming, continues to be a bestseller and raise lots of eyebrows and stir many conversations. I invite you all to check it out if you haven't already. Shazzy wrote regarding my newest book, What If? The Challenge of Self-Realization. Quote, it's a hard read. It forces you to wake up out of the bubble. End quote. And Donna added, quote, Eldon, when I first read it, I kept getting pissed off and I would put it down. Then I would walk around the house arguing mentally with you, pick it back up and repeat. I have since read it three times and consider it one of my best experiences. A book that challenged me and made me think priceless. Well, thank you, Shazzy and Donna. If you have not yet obtained your copy, be sure to check out the party special on my website because when you get the book from Barnes & Noble or Amazon, you qualify for over 100 free downloadable bonus gifts. Just go to eldentaylor.com and click on the banner right at the top of the page that features the book. Now, if you already have the book, how about putting a review up at Amazon? Luann wrote, Every item I have received from Intertalk has proven effective. Your cancer and pain series was very helpful during my mother's illness. I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you, Luann, and you just did. Uh, And I'll use your note to segue into reminding all of you out there that we do offer a number of InterTalk programs absolutely free, both as CDs and as downloadable MP3 files. These are not samples. They're the real deal, the patented, the scientifically proven effective InterTalk technology. So while you're at the website checking them out, 
be sure to sign up for my free newsletter as well. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine by sending your email to Eldon at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. You can also just leave comments on my website. I do try to, re- try to read all of your letters. Obviously, we can't get them all on the air, but they do impact our programming, and I highly value your input. So once again, please keep them coming, and thank you. Now, before turning to today's show, I have some news. Uh, You may be aware of this. I think most are not. Uh, Yesterday, we learned that one of India's most famous spiritual leaders, who counted a worldwide following of millions, including top diplomats, sports icons, and film stars, who led a life dedicated to philanthropy, Sai Baba, as he was fondly known among followers, passed away at the intensive care unit of a hospital funded by his organization where thousands of devotees gathered to pay their last respects. He was 85. The newspaper Daily India reported that Chief Minister Narendra Modi said that Sai Baba's death was a great loss to humanity. In honor of Sai Baba, we'll take a brief moment to reflect on our own lives and the purpose we give them by just dedicating 30 seconds to silence. All right, now to today's show. The meaning and value of dreams. There are many theories and other considerations to take into account when investigating dreams. The character and nature of our dream landscapes, or dreamscapes for short, can be as diverse as the precognitive dream that saves your life or the conflict venting dream full of ambiguous and diverse symbolism. That said, there are dream dictionaries that pretend to offer the definitive meaning behind the various images and symbols that we might experience in a dream. Now, forgive me if I seem rude, but in my opinion, and we'll take this up with our guest today, don't waste your money on this sort of simpleton twaddle if you expect anything more than some gross possibility from the suggestions and definitions contained therein. Recently, we had a guest on our show, Dr. Kevin Nelson, a neurologist, and he informed us that many NDE and OBE events are indeed induced REM. In other words, the brain produces them not unlike the dream REM we all experience. Now, Dr. Nelson was not saying that all NDEs or OBEs necessarily are the result of induced REM, but utilizing functional magnetic resonance imaging Watching the brain live, he was able to objectify the brain's activity during events of this nature. And therefore, his evidence is what we call objectively verifiable. In my way of thinking, it makes much more sense to explain away an NDE-er's account of meeting their favorite rock star at the proverbial pearly gates as a dreamlike induced event, wishful thinking, fantasy formation, if you will, then to hold out that this was the real deal. It's what happens when we cross over. Not that it's impossible, but still, 
To me, there is a credibility issue with this kind of description. So some NDEs, in my view, in Nelson's view, are real. And some are likely more a matter of messages from our inner self, just as is the case with many dreams. Okay, what then about genuine precognitive dreams? How do we know if a dream is an expression of our inner talk, a picture world of our mind's creation, and given us like the dreams Joseph was given that foretold of the famine in the Bible? I mean, in ancient times, the Chinese, Egyptians, Greeks, and Hebrews all thought that dreams were very important. Many cultures thought that dreams came from somewhere outside of themselves. They thought that the gods gave them dreams. Is this possible? Or is there a collective consciousness, that, you know, a, a union aspect to how and what we connect to in our dreams? And for that matter, why would I discard the notion of a simple dream dictionary when Jung was so insistent upon an archetypal image as shared by all? All right, our guest today is Dr. Jillian Holloway, and she is back by popular demand to take your phone calls and discuss the meaning of your dreams, the symbolism in them, the nature of reoccurring dreams, and anything else you have dealing with dreams. Dr. Holloway holds a Ph.D. in psychology. She is a recognized expert in the field of dream interpretation. Her ongoing research with contemporary dream themes and modern symbolism makes her findings stimulating and pragmatically useful. She teaches classes in dream analysis and intuitive development at local colleges in Washington and Oregon. She is a veteran when it comes to media, having appeared in more than 400 interviews, including ABC's 2020. Dr. Holloway has been involved in dream analysis for more than 20 years. She is a favorite of mine, and I've enjoyed her books and guidance for using your dreams to understand your emotions. Indeed, her book, The Complete Dream Book, Discover What Your Dreams Reveal About You and Your Life, is a great read. She uses the interpretations now of some 30,000 actual dreams from people just like you and me to access the wisdom in our dreams in her Newer book, The Complete Dream Book of Love and Relationships. <clears throat> Discover what your dreams and intuition reveal about you and your love life. So let's welcome our guest back to the show. Welcome, Dr. Jillian Holloway. Hi, Eldon. Thank you so much for letting me join you again. No, it's our pleasure indeed. And, and the phones are already lit up. Everybody's looking forward to talking to you. But as usual, I'm going to tease some answers out of you before we let them get to you. All right? All right. Okay, let's begin by asking you about your dream theory. I mean, Freud changed how we all look at dreams based on his idea that dreams open a door into the subconscious, and by following this pathway, we could uncover psychic disturbances that otherwise might not be discoverable. And, of course, Jung departed from uh, his colleagues, some, by insisting that dreams could hold much more universal information and therefore have a metaphysical, and I'll put that word in quotation marks, origin, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's obviously a gross simplification, but what's your view on dreams, their origin and purpose, if any? Well, what, what I feel is most valuable about our dreaming life is the kind of developmental trend that dreams have. It seems to me when I talk to people about what's going on with their dreams that our dreams help us prepare for the next thing in our life. Whether that's a challenge, whether it's examining our lives, whether it's a relationship, or whether it's trying to face something that's been uh, intimidating you, there's a real 
preparation quality to our dreams, and they differ very much depending on the decade of life when we have them. We actually have certain dreams as youngsters, certain dreams during puberty, and on and on. When you marry and become a parent, your dreams change. And so this is something that has not been talked about a lot, this developmental aspect to dreams. And I think that's one thing that we can rely on. As we look at what do they mean, what caused them, what was the trigger, we can also ask the important question, well, how could this possibly help me to live a better life? in the next coming years. And that's where the real meat to the dream interpretation is. It's not just what triggered the dream. It's how could this be useful? You know, the preparatory aspect of what you just answered is something new to me. I mean, that's that's really insightful. And you do see that it it, it evolves in a developmental way uh, as we pass through different stages in our life. That is absolutely the case, Eldon, and I didn't know that. I wasn't taught that in school. That's something that came from looking at tens of thousands of dreams. In fact, I got so used to looking at the description of the dream and then the demographic background information that came afterwards that often I can look at a dream and say, this is the dream of a 20-year-old man. This is the dream of a 12-year-old girl. This is the dream of a woman in her 90s. Because what we dream about, the challenges we have and the things that happen in our dreams, the themes are so oriented to what's coming next. That's, that's uh, fantastic. I'm going to have to remember that one and see that you get credit for it, Dr. Holloway. <laughs> you, you heard the setup piece. Tell us about precognitive dreams. In your experience, how often do they occur? Do they occur at all? Is there a test other than, say, the test of time that can be employed to determine if the dream is indeed precognitive? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Um, they they do like occur. This. Yeah, they do occur, and they seem to be. It seems to be related to a personality trait. In other words, certain people have these and have them with some frequency throughout their lifespan. Other people say they've never had one, um, and it's it's usually one or the other. You you're prone to this, and some people say that it seems to run in their family. That's an old wives' tale, of course. But it may be a wives' tale that turns out to have a grain of truth in it, that we have a predisposition towards being able to uh, get information that's not bounded by space and time. Or it could be that people in the family talk about these experiences, and, of course, that socialization opens you up to recognize it and talk about it when it happens. I think it's a bit of both, quite frankly. Okay, so when you said personality, you didn't mean literally personality. You meant the socialized aspect of it. Well, yes, that, right? and, and also to some extent it's a bit of a um, an attribute, a bit of a gift. Just like some people are more mathematically inclined, they can look at numbers and see the pattern. I look at numbers and just see a lot of chicken scratches. But when I look at images <laughs> and hear stories, I can see the pattern. So we are inclined in a certain direction, and it seems that some people are inclined to have precognitive dreams, not only about themselves, but about friends and other people, and sometimes about global events. Okay. What what do you think about the idea of pillow petitioning, where we ask our dreams to provide an answer to solutions or a situation? I mean, do they work? Is there a you know, good, better, best way to do this if they do? It, they do, it does work, Eldon, and it works better for some people than others. Some people get an immediate response and others work at it for a couple of months before they start to see 
responses in their dreams. One one thing that makes it more accessible is if you already have a connection with your dream life and memories, if you keep a journal, if you record about your inner life and your impressions as well as your dreams, then when you ask your dreaming mind as you go to bed at night, look, I need. could we focus on this particular issue? I need some input that's outside of the box. You'll be more likely to get, bam, a dream in direct response to your question. If you've never given dreams a thought and you start doing this, the connection is a little more difficult. It's almost like building rapport with a stranger. It takes a little bit more time and patience. All right. One more before I let somebody from the phones get in here. The ancient Asclepiads used dream centers to promote healing. They used many techniques by day to foster an ideation of creativity, such as plays, dance, art, and so forth. And I'm sure you know all about that. Then by night, the attendants would slip from bed to bed, whispering healing messages to those who had come to the for healing. And this often reportedly produced miraculous healing dreams. Are you familiar with this tradition? And, and how do you adopt this in our world today? Or would it be of any value to do so? Well, in, in our world today, yes, I've heard of this. And, and I've heard a few stories from people who have had what they called healing dreams and have experienced some, you know, healing results afterwards, it's difficult to say if this is uh, some kind of divine intervention or whether this is our own healing abilities. I certainly think the latter is probably likely, but I don't rule out uh, any kind of spiritual intervention as well. Um, Well, do you you think that the creative aspect of it, the, you know, the engendering uh, multi-sensory input through art and dance and and theater, um, you know, stimulates dreams. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. Dreams, dreams are stimulated by our vitality, by unusual exercise, by yoga, by breathing, by sex, um, and also by creativity. You know, people go out and watch a movie and come home and have vivid dreams. And they think the movie caused the dream. I believe it's actually the stimulation to the whole imagination and the per permission to get into your imagination that stimulates the dreaming response. Okay. Well, now, now I lied because that can't be the last question. You've set me up too much for this. There's a, there's a lot of information out there on the Internet that, that argues in favor of a correspondence between intelligence, IQ, and uh, century-rich dreams. In other words, the richer the dream is, the, the more you know, uh, color or, or uh, excitement or et cetera that's involved in the dream, supposedly that's connected to a higher IQ. Have you, uh, I mean, you, have you got a position on that? Well, I, I, that doesn't quite fit for my observation. Um, I think it's more the product of a habitual relationship with our dreaming mind. I mean, there are some studies that show when you wake somebody up in the sleep laboratory and ask them to describe their dream, they describe it in color. And then the next day or a couple days later, if you ask them about that certain dream, they'll remember the dream, but they will talk about it in black and white. So a lot of our sensory richness just disappears over time. And we're habituated to, if you find a certain aspect of the dream interesting, you glom onto that. Uh, so different people get attached to different attributes in their dreams. I don't know that IQ is really the marker. Okay. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's a little ludicrous, and I couldn't find any objective evidence. But then you're, you're the dream expert, so 
That's that's why we ask you the question. We have uh, roughly three minutes before we have a hard break coming up. Let's see if we can at least get the question from one of our callers uh, before that break, and then hold them over for the uh, after the break. Okay, Yvonne on line one is calling, and she has a question for you, Doctor. Uh, Yvonne, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. Hi, how you doing? Hi. Excellent. Uh, should I start just telling my dream? Yeah, if you Pretty could. Please. I, I thought I don't want to hold up too much so you have more callers. But, Julian, what I have is I had this dream. I was sitting in a car, and a woman was, there was a purse hanging on the door, and a lady hands me the purse, and she tells me to join her. And so then we go into this, like, store, and there's, like, five women in there, and they're they're all like they're drawing to me or they're they're welcoming me. And then one lady all of a sudden walks up to another lady and says, you have a sister. And it was like all of a sudden everybody in the room was a psychic. <laughs> and I know it's a weird dream. And then I just looked at her and I said, oh, I wish I could do that. But I didn't really say that out loud. Mm-hmm. And then all these... All the women were there, and this other lady turns around, and she has, I, I describe her like the Wizard of Oz, the witch that has the green face, and she has black around her eyes, but she has green eyes, and she just looks at me, and she says, this is our first meeting, and then I woke up. Yikes. That's, that's kind of different, Yvonne. So I this, know. This is a one-of-a-kind dream, right? This I had to write that one down. Yeah. I was like, what was that? Well, I have to ask you. And I was very calm the whole time the dream was going on. I wasn't scared. I wasn't upset. I was very accepting. I was Interesting. Very interesting. It has a lot of diverse elements. And I have to ask you right away, do you have a sense about what this means? Because that's the most important question of all. Um, well, I don't know. I've been, I mean, I do, you know, I've always, I, I listen to some of the other shows on here and some of the other psychic people or whatever, mm-hmm. and I've been doing a lot of spiritual work, so to me, I feel like it might be connected somehow to that, but I just thought it was very bizarre. <laughs> well, I think your, I think your impression is right, and it is bizarre. It's very interesting, and it has a, it's a mixed bag. But my sense of it is that it it is all about you sorting through the different kinds of powers and potentials that you have. The car, the imagery is drenched with a lot of personal okay. power. I hate to step in there, but I'm going to have to have you hold on, and we'll get back to Yvonne's dream at, uh, after the break. We have a hard break here, uh, and, and we'll get do nothing but take your calls if you're on the line when we do come back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. My guest today is Dr. Jillian Holloway, and we're discussing what dreams reveal about you and your life. We'll be right back after these words from some of our friends. Be sure and stay tuned. Close your eyes. Imagine your goals and dreams. What's preventing you from accomplishing them? Most often, we are our own worst enemies. I can't. I'm not good enough. It's time to reprogram that inner dialogue. Replace all those negative self-images with, I'm good. I am powerful. I can do anything. Eldon Taylor's InnerTalk patented subliminal technology does just that. Researched at numerous universities such as Stanford, 
and by governments such as Mexico and Germany, InnerTalk has repeatedly been proven effective at changing your self-talk. Stop imagining your goals and make them a reality today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. InnerTalk.com. Do you feel like you've become lost in a funhouse? Only seeing the reflection of yourself, past, future, and present, but unable to find the real you? I invite you to step through the doorway and onto the path leading to understanding of your mind, your choices, and the influences that surround you. Read Elton Taylor's New York Times best-selling book, Choices and Illusions, now expanded, updated, and revised. It will provide you with real-life examples of how you can break free from your current perceptions and begin your journey to how high is up. Get your copy today from all bookstores or online from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing what dreams reveal about you and your life with dream expert Dr. Julian Holloway. But before we get back to today's show, I want to invite you to check out our new Provocative Enlightenment website. Just go to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. Also, how about liking our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio? As a fan of the show, you will receive special announcements and incentives from time to time is our way of thanking you for your support. I would also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there, and of course you can follow me on Twitter. Now let's get back to the show. Before the break, we were discussing Yvonne's dream and the meaning of multiple psychics, and you were about to make a point, Dr. Holloway. Thank you, Eldon. Yes, I was about to reveal the meaning of Yvonne's life before we had to go to a commercial. Um, (laughs) Well, if This is a great example of a dream that has a lot of things going on in it, a lot of people, a lot of images, a lot of symbols. But what's important in any dream is to ask what happened. And what happens in this dream is Yvonne is invited to join with some people and to meet some people who have unique abilities. So that's kind of the bottom line of this story in her dream. And I believe that However you want to interpret the the people are these guides, are these aspects of Yvonne's own abilities and potentials, I would say that's the most likely scenario. She's being invited to make a connection with these abilities and powers. She's shown some positive images, and she's shown some more controversial images, the, the witch from The Wizard of Oz. So I'd say this is a, an invitation to connect with the potentials that she's interested in and also to be mindful, not to use them as a substitute for her own discernment, but to use them to enhance her own abilities. And that's the type of question you want to ask is, how can this dream be useful? Does that make that's sense to you, Yvonne? Well, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought I, when I heard it, I was like, I don't know what to think about that right. whole dream. Right. It was confusing, but yet a little bit like, you know, I know that I've been kind of, you know, actually reading about dreams and that somewhat and mm-hmm. and trying to do some spiritual work. And I thought, well, yeah, it kind of connects a little bit. But, you know, I just 
couldn't figure out, well, what am I supposed to take away from this? Right, right. Well, it's okay, showing well, you a mixed bag, but that's what I would take away with it if I were you, Yvonne. Okay, okay. All right, thanks for calling, okay. Yvonne. Thank you. All right, Dr. Holloway, we're gonna, I'm going to bounce between the phones and the chat room because the chat room is very active today. Okay. Jen in the chat room says, I had a dream of a man from India, and he said he wanted to give something to me. He rubbed the right side of my head, and I went limp and came up with energy. I would like to know what that means. Ooh, that's fascinating. Well, that is a dream of making a change, obviously, and it's a change that comes through the head. Whether this was a direct energy from some kind of spirit guide, it's not possible for me to tell just from the description. Jen would have a better sense of that herself. But what's important is that something touches the mind and it changes everything. So I think you could take that literally in terms of whatever is affecting her consciousness, what she's seeking, what she's taking in, and what she's being touched by. So this is why it's so important to make critical decisions when we're when we're acting as seekers in different passages of our life to, to seek out only the best information and the best connections and the best energy, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me. All right, let's go to Sarah on line two from South Carolina. Sarah, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. You have a question for Dr. Holloway. Yes, I do. Um, I had this dream that I was, I was downstairs in my living room, and I looked under my chair, and I saw this huge white snake. And when I said, oh, my God, a snake, it crawled out, and it stuck its head up, and it was like, well, if I liked snake, I would have thought it was a beautiful white cobra. So I had this feisty little poodle that ran up to it, and it bit it. But when I grabbed it, it kind of like the, the, the dog kind of like, it went limp, but it was still alive. It never died. And some strange lady came in my house. He took it out the door, cut it up, and brought it back in, and it wouldn't leave my house. It, it just wouldn't go, even though the head was off, and it was just in pieces. I felt sorry for it, but it still wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a great dream, Sarah, because there's nothing like snakes uh, to get people talking. And this is why uh, the symbolism is so tricky. This is a, uh, this is a power dream. And a lot of times people will have dreams about snakes where they're scared and then the snake bites them, but they don't die, or they end up eating the snake, uh, which is something that most people don't do in waking life. And this is all about integrating the power that the snake represents and going through a kind of an an initiation in your life as well. A lot of times people have these dreams when they're going through a whole year of changes and things are falling away, other things are, are becoming possible that weren't possible before. And it's like your whole life, you become somebody else within that year of initiation. So if any of it, is that making sense? Yeah, it kind of does. Okay. It's changing a lot of stuff, so I guess it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you have a lot of different things going on in your life right now because this snake started out being hidden, and yet it's the, it's the thing that the whole dream hinges on. So it's a very potent symbol. But I'd say you're you're dealing with challenges very well. And what you need to do now is just accept your own power. You probably have some leadership ability, some things people are asking you to do that kind of take your breath away. Just step forward into it and trust, because they wouldn't be asking you if you didn't have the potential. Okay, thank you so much. Right. You're welcome. Thanks a bunch, Sarah. Have a great day. All right, let's go back to the chat room then. Jack in the chat room says, I would like to ask our guest to discuss the differences and commonalities between lucid dreaming and astral projection. I have that one on my list as well. So why don't we just take that on? 
Oh wow, that's a great question, and it's difficult to it's difficult to uh, absolutely tell. I, what I do is trust the dreamer's experience. Most people have a memory after what they feel is an out of body experience or an astral experience, and they're so sensory rich. They could feel the wind on their skin. They could see things that uh, are realistic. They have a very realistic experience, often flying over their neighborhood, seeing, looking down and seeing the roofs of the houses. And if they feel that they've been out of their body, then I trust that evaluation. Uh, lucid dreaming is a little bit more broad-based. It's just being aware that you're in the dream state while it's happening. And this, by the way, is dramatically dramatically on the upswing right now. Um, in just in the last five years, something's going on where maybe because we're talking about dreams so much, I'm not, I'm not sure what's the, what is the trigger, but more people than ever before are aware that they're dreaming while they're in the dream state. Now, Stephen LeBerg is actually one of the pioneers, uh, I, I would say the pioneer in modern lucid dreaming. And one of the things that LeBerg urged or demonstrated was the ability of the dreamer to go in and change dreams. Mm -hmm. So you're having a bad dream, and instead of allowing that monster to chase you and terrify you, you turn the tables and the monster runs from you. And I, that's just, a you know, mm -hmm. uh, obviously a loose anecdote. Uh, what, what is your view on changing the dreams? I mean, sometimes a dream might have a potent message in it. You've already discussed that with a couple of callers. Uh, should we be entering into these dreams and, and, and altering them, or should we be allowing the uh, unconscious, subconscious to just play it out so that we can interpret it later? Well, you have to decide by what the dream presents, Eldon. Um, it's like any problem in life. You you know how to handle it by what the problem is and how it's affecting you. If somebody has a cyclical bad dream where they're they're like a broken record and it skips over to the bad part over and over again, then you might want to try an intervention. You might want to learn to become lucid in your dreams um, and uh, you know interact with the monster or just suggest to yourself before you go to sleep that if you have that particular dream, you're going to recognize that it's a dream and you'll be able to interact with it differently and make decisions within the dream landscape. That's a great technique, and it's, very, it's been very effective for small groups of people who have chronic nightmares. Great. All right, let's go to line three and talk to Luann in Henderson, Nevada. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. You have a question for us, Luann? I do. I have a reoccurring dream of changing shoes, mm -hmm. and with it is losing my car. And the last time, it was returned. But I'm always looking for my car. Okay. Sounds great. And the changing shoe situation, do you run into any frustrations when you're trying to change your shoes? No. I just know there's a size that fits. Oh, so you get, you're changing for a better size? Right. And then the spiritual teacher shows up, and he's wearing yellow with yellow shiny shoes. Okay, so these these two dreams, you're intuitively correct that they're linked up, and I'll just tell you real quickly um, that they are about making a, a change of course in your life. You need to do a course correction, in my opinion, but you need to check that out with your own sense of truth. Don't just take my word for it. Losing your car is about losing some part of yourself that is so important you wouldn't want to lose it, and you need to get it back and sort of take a new 
take a new direction. Changing shoes, same thing. Your, your feet are your foundation. And we dream a lot about shoes and trying to get matching shoes or shoes that fit. These are really common dream themes. And they're usually about, again, getting something that's a good fit for you deep, deep inside as well as from a pragmatic level so that you can move forward making the right decision. So the decisions that you make coming up in the next six months or so are real important. And it's really important that you be authentic with them, that you feel that they are uh, a good fit for you internally as well as externally. I hope that's that's making sense to you. It does. Thank you. Okay. Thank you Thanks so for calling. Thanks for calling. Yeah. All right. Let's jump back to the chat room again. And uh, Janet says, I never dream. I maybe remember one dream a year, if that. What does this signify? I've been like this almost my entire life. <laughs> Well, there's, there's nothing wrong with you, Janet. About 50% of the population routinely doesn't remember their dreams, and the other half of us do. There's no moral high ground here. There's no intellectual or spiritual high ground either. It's just a, a pattern that's habituated. And some, there's been some good research that shows that certain personality traits, uh, some of us who are a little bit more logical, and some of us who live with a faster pace in our life, uh, and get by with less sleep are prone to not remembering their dreams. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you want to remember more dreams, you need to give yourself some suggestions just before you go to sleep that you'll remember your dreams. And you can also set up a memory trigger. If you have a ritual in the morning that you do, drinking that first cup of coffee or letting the pets outside, whatever you do, you can set up a suggestion and say, when I do this or when I taste that cup of tea or coffee, I'll remember a dream. Try that for a couple of weeks. Some people are very responsive to the suggestion technique. All right. Let's go to line five and talk to Ellen out of North Carolina. Ellen, you have a dream you want to ask Dr. Holloway about. Yes. Um, my dream, it's a reoccurring dream, and it's um, I do have three children, mm-hmm. but the, in the dream I'm having this fourth baby. Ah. And in the dreams, it, you know, different people, different scenery, different situation, but it's, I'm just having this fourth baby, and physically it cannot happen anymore. So I was just curious what that might mean. Right. So have you been having this for about a year or so, Ellen? Um, I would say yes, definitely a year or so, if not maybe longer. Okay. Okay, great. Whoops. Um. Well, no surprise that if a baby doesn't represent a real baby, literally, then it represents a new aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And particularly for women who have these baby dreams, it represents something that you need to going to have to uh, incubate and nurture and uh, give it a chance to live. So this could represent a return to education. It could represent a project, a career, or just yeah. something that you're interested in getting connected with. Is this making sense while we're total, talking? Total sense. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it just kind of reaffirms what I thought that's what it meant. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. does, just think of it this way. It doesn't have to be perfect, and you don't have to make a living at it. You just need to let it live. Okay. Whatever this is for you, okay? Yeah, okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Thank you. Ellen. Thank you. All right, back to the chat room. All my life, I have dreamt about my teeth falling out. Then last year, I had the same dream, but this time I saw a new tooth growing in. What does that mean? Wow, this, these teeth dreams are really prevalent, particularly in North America. It's one of the top uh, edgy anxiety dreams that we have. These are dreams, Eldon, that we have from the ages, usually, of 15 to 35, and it's a stress dream. 
uh, when we lose our teeth, for whatever reason, I don't know why it symbolizes this, but it tends to be a situation where we're making the best of a bargain. We're, we're dealing with a compromise that we've made, often for very good reasons, sticking with uh, college or fulfilling your military obligation or staying in a relationship where you're not quite sure whether you made the right decision. So there's an erosive element to the, to the compromise, but it's something that the dreamer feels they have to stick with. The dreams of losing the teeth, I think, are just a reminder to take good care of ourselves and to balance our lives. If you have to make a compromise in one area where you don't have control, then beef up the areas of your life where you do have control. This dreamer is turning a corner for some reason and is starting to develop a new sense of self. So I would say that this person is kind of outgrowing that particular bind that they found themselves in. So it's a great sign. Cool. Good. All right. Now let's go back to the phones. On line six, we have Debbie in Boise, Idaho. Are you holding up all right there, Dr. Holloway? Oh, yeah. This is great. I'm loving it. Thanks. (laughs) All right, Uh, Debbie, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. Thank you. Um, My dream's not reoccurring. I had a dream night before last, and it was from my father Mm -hmm. that just passed away in December. Okay. And... uh, it was like he was, I don't know, he was just being really mischievous, and he he was um, very heavy, which he wasn't when he passed away, and he was very chubby, and I kept saying how how chubby he was, and then, then he was smoking, and, and he didn't smoke, and then he was going through the Rolodex and just throwing the cards everywhere, and then he, he was unwinding something like a roll of adding tape and he was just being very mischievous and I I just was curious I I usually don't remember my dreams and this one was definitely very clear and very in color and so I do know one thing it probably was addressing my weight because he he was always very very concerned about my weight and since he passed away I came probably 25 pounds. Okay. Uh Well, was it your feeling, Debbie, when you woke up from this dream that your father had really been in communication with you? Yes, and I have actually communicated, uh, connected with him in January, a month after he passed, um, through a psychic, and uh, he came through very clearly. Okay. So in cases like this, I really trust the dreamer's instinct because we have a, a, such a strong uh, connection and know when someone has communicated with us as opposed to just dreaming about someone you've lost as part of the grief process because that happens too. Right. So it sounds to me like you're already starting to connect with the potential messages in this dream for you, which seem to be about self-care, yes. about <laughs> humor, and about unwinding. Yeah. So my feeling just intuitively about this dream, Debbie, is that he's trying to encourage you to gather up all the parts of your life that have kind of frayed and gone out of control uh, and start getting yourself back on track a little bit in a lot of different ways. Does that make yeah. sense to you? Yeah, it, it it definitely does. I couldn't quite put the other stuff together. The, the weight thing was a concern of his, so... I kind of knew he was 
speaking of getting that under control, but the other stuff was kind of yeah, sure, yeah. but that does make sense. Okay, okay. I think it's just a general, you know, it's time now, you're okay, and you've gone through the emotional roller coaster, and now it's time to start getting back in balance and start being as kind to yourself as you would be to others. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for Thanks calling. Thanks for calling, Debbie. Uh-huh. All right, back to our chat room. A friend of mine, Dr. Turner from Hawaii, wants to know, listen, since we have as many dreams as we have, four to six every night, uh, many people don't recall them. Are they still getting subconscious guidance from each and every dream? Oh, you know, I believe that we absolutely are, yes, that we soak up. A dream is a lived experience, whether you remember it or not, and it takes you from point A to point B. And so you you are learning. I think that's one of the reasons why we dream so much is that we are actually uh, mastering skills and we're digesting our life experiences in our dreams. So, yes, I think we do get the benefit of them. And that's why sometimes we wake up knowing we've made a decision in our sleep, apparently, and we bound out of bed knowing what direction to take when before it was a mystery. All right, let's see if we can get another phone call in. We have Lily on line 7 from Illinois. Lily, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment. you have a question for Dr. Holloway? Uh, yes, I always dream about um, babies. And then shortly after, I found find out that someone is pregnant. I'm sorry, Lily, your, your, vo- your connection is a little bit remote. Could you talk up a little bit and, and give that to me again? Yeah, my question is I always dream about babies. Oh, babies, okay. Babies, and then shortly after, I find out that somebody's pregnant. It never fails. It always happens that way. Oh, well, that's really interesting. And so you're feeling like maybe you're picking up the the baby coming into somebody's life, and then it, it, you can corroborate that with an acquaintance, right? And then the the way the baby looks in my dream is similar to how the baby is. Yes. But always yes. the hair color and the skin tone and the eyes. That is fascinating. You know, I've heard this before, but it's usually confined within families uh, that somebody is feels they have connected with uh, a baby that is going to come into the family, and they say it looks very much like the child, and I believe that's very possible. seems to me that we have a biological component to our telepathy, to our abilities to gain information, and that probably our survival mechanism, that's why some people, some women can sense when another woman is pregnant or when someone elderly is near death. We can sense it. We kind of know this is going to be the last time you see that person. I believe these abilities are all connected in that our telepathy is far more biologically oriented than we realize yet. So I I think what you say, Lily, is right. I take your story at face value and that this is, you probably have a lot of other types of intuitions too, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. I I do healing. in different ways, like herbal therapy or crystal yeah. therapy. Yeah, you know, you, there's a book you might want to grab, uh, Lily, in the library called um, The Feeling of Being Stared At by Rupert Sheldrake. And he's from uh, Great Britain, and he does experiments around this type of intuition. I think you'll find it fascinating. I will. And then how about also numbers? Do you get numbers? All the time, and so does my mom and my grandmother. My grandma actually plays the numbers and they they come out they she wins oh well that's fantastic what a yeah. great ability to yeah have. i mean not a whole lot but like she'll play it for she's superstitious she yeah. says uh, yeah. if you dream about it don't tell anybody and just play the number for seven days yeah and she wins 
Well, it's worth a try. Goodness, if you're only spending a dollar or two, why not? That's a worthy risk, I think, to take. So that sounds great. And you're a great example of someone who seems to have this ability running down the family tree. So. And how about water? Well, you mean in terms of what water means? Yes. Well, water usually represents, in dreams, it represents the part of life that nourishes us, that feeds us and refreshes us. So we need that water element. It's more than just emotion. It's kind of like the spiritual drenching of life. And if life gets too dry, we start to dream about needing water or there's no water in the fish tank. So those can be reminders. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Thanks Thanks for calling, Lily. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Dr. Holloway, we have uh, the lines full, and I've got many more questions out of the chat room, and obviously we're not going to be able to get them on the air. So tell our listening audience how they can best contact you. Well, my life, uh, my life, it is my life. My website (laughs) is called Lifetreks, L-I-F-E-T-R-E-K-S dot com, and that's also the name of my Facebook page and the name of my Twitter uh, feed. So Lifetrex is your key to get a hold of me. And uh, I do have a free newsletter that teaches some of these techniques, so you might want to sign up for that. And the book is The Complete Dream Book, Discover What Your Dreams Reveal About You and Your Life. It is a great read, and there are links on my website to it. Uh, Dr. Holloway, in about 10 seconds, uh, is it a dream within a dream? You mean our life? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. But I think they all count. They're all potential sources of wisdom. (laughs) All right. We've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you'll join us again next week, same time, same place. Until next time, remember, believing in yourself always matters.